have your Bibles, I'm going to the book of Mark chapter 5. Thank you, Pastor, again for bringing us back, trusting us with this pulpit. Appreciate that. Thank you, praise team. Didn't they do fantastic today? <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 5. How many of you here today, somewhere in your life, you need a miracle? Just let it be known by an uplifted hand. Wave it a little bit so we can see. Look at this. All over the house, people need miracles. Well, I'm, I, that's who I'm come to talk to today. Mark chapter 5 verse 24 and Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years this lady had problems she had them for a long time anybody know how that feel she had problems and she had them for 12 years surely it's going to get better let's keep reading Verse 26, and had mm, suffered many things of many physicians. Wow, she's, she's got problems. She's had them forever. Now she's suffering. This is not looking good, but let's keep reading. Let's believe it's going to turn around. And had spent all that she had. Boy, this is getting ugly. Maybe I should have picked another passage, Pastor. I don't know. This is going downhill pretty quick. She's got problems, had them forever. She's suffering now. She's broke. And was nothing, seriously, is this in your Bible? Was nothing better, but rather grew worse. This is ugly. I mean, this, this is not good. But, but before we throw in the towel, before we give up, before we walk away, before we're convinced the devil's going to win, let's just read one more verse. And when she had heard of Jesus, can I tell you when Jesus gets involved, something's going to change. When Jesus gets involved, he's going to make a difference. I don't care what the doctor said. When Jesus gets involved, something's going to happen. Anybody believe that? And when she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body. I like that. She didn't have to go to the doctor to find out if something had happened. She felt it in her body. And she knew immediately that she was here. I just know God wants to do the same thing in this service. Uh, you've been struggling with it for a long time, but Jesus can touch you, and nobody's got to tell you it's done. You're going to walk at her and say, my God, he did it. Oh, God, he did it. Anybody believe he's able? Come on, if you believe he's able, wave your hand like you really believe. He can take care of your problem on Sunday morning, September the 10th. I'm going to talk to you for just a moment. You better get with me quick because I'm almost done. The moments before the miracle. The moments before the miracle. Turn around two or three people and tell them, hey, you're just in the moments before your miracle. Now, if you believe we serve a miracle work in God, clap your hands, lift your voice before you're seated. Oh, come on, somebody shout like you believe it can happen today. 
Come on, he's able. Somebody shout hallelujah. Man, you may be seated. This lady's situation was dire. Steadily, consistently, daily declining. Hopeless is probably the best descriptor. But I want you to notice that her dilemma was worse than ever in the moments before her miracle. But we serve a miracle working God. If you've ever had a miracle in your life, wave your hand just as a testimony. Look at this. Almost every hand in the house. We serve a miracle working God. And we know the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3 that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, where is his spirit? Well, it's everywhere at all times. So that means no matter where you are, he is. Isn't that exciting? It can be exciting or scary depending on what you're doing. Hallelujah. But if you're, if you're trying to do right, it's good to know that he's with you every step of the way. Amen. And he's with us. But then it says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Well, now the word liberty there means no restraint. What does that mean? Well, that means no matter where you are, God is. And no matter what you need, God can take care of it because there's no restraint on God to move and take care of whatever you need. I'm talking about Jesus this morning. I'm talking about his ability to take care of whatever you're going through this morning. Come on, is God able? Now, I've been raised in Pentecost. I don't know anything else, and, and I've grown up hearing this verse all my life, and it says in Luke 11, and I say unto you, ask, and it might be given you. No, my bad, my bad. Ask, and it shall be given. Do you all believe that? Come on, really, seriously, if we really believe that, it's going to change a lot of stuff. It says, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. Listen, I, I, I get it. I've seen throughout my life that, that we are good at asking, seeking, and knocking. But we struggle as in receiving. Now, if it's your miracle, I can believe for it all day long. Oh, if it's your miracle, whoo, hallelujah. Oh, God, God's going to do it. Honey, I'll talk in tongues. I'll be texting you in the middle of the night. God's able. And I'll, I'll catch you in the altar. I'll, I'll, I'll tilt your head back praying for you so hard. I'm so fired up about God can take care of whatever you got going on. But when it's my problem, I just, I just don't see how you're going to do it. I just don't, I just don't understand how you're going to bring me through. Oh, come on, give me a good nod. You know I'm telling the truth. Amen. But here, here's what I want you to do. I want everybody here today to understand something. If we can believe for somebody else, why can't we believe for ourselves? Because if he ever did it once, and I set you up earlier, almost every hand in this house raised up that you've already had a miracle. Well, let me tell you something about him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, if he's ever worked a miracle in your life, he can work a miracle today. If he's ever healed you before, he can heal you again. Come on, my God is able. I'm just going to tell you what I'm after today. I want everybody leaving this building. Instead of looking around the corner expecting a problem, which we're really good at. Oh, come on now. I can look at a problem and tell you 15 ways it's liable to fall apart. You know, but it's in our DNA. As human beings, we lean towards the negative. And it comes out even in our life. You walk up to a group of people doing something, you go, hey, what's wrong? How come we don't walk up and go, hey, what's right? 
We're leaning towards the negative. But I just want somebody today, but I want you to walk out of here. Instead of looking around the corner expecting a problem, I want you looking around the corner expecting your miracle. In fact, I want you to tell a neighbor right now, really, I want you to tell him God's going to work it out. Oh, come on, tell him with a little bit of conviction. Come on, tell him, you're going to get your miracle. Oh, would you say it with a little conviction? God's able to take care of your problem. Oh, I wish I had about 15 people that would jump up and shout, it's mine. Come on, I wish I had somebody grab hold of faith and say it looks impossible. I don't see how God could do it, but today it's mine. Come on, it's not will God, it's God will. It's not can God, it's God can. He can give you that job. He can give you that promotion. He can heal that cancer. He can open that door. He can right your mind. He can bless your family. He can dismiss your depression. He can turn that situation around. He can move that mountain. It's mine. Come on, somebody shout it. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Devil, you've been lying to me. It's mine. Come on, shout it's mine. God's able. I'm talking about Jesus this morning. I'm not talking about some statue in the corner somewhere all bedecked with jewels or whatever. I'm talking about the Savior that died for us, the living God that can, is in this house right now that can take care of whatever your need is. My wife and I, we planted a church in East Tennessee. And it, it became... We, we stepped into a season of miracles. God gave me some revelations, and we stepped into a season of miracles. And literally, every service, and I'm not exaggerating, even on prayer meeting, we'd have miracles. God was moving. It was unbelievable. And, and one of the miracles that we were praying for was for my little granddaughter. And uh, it was our first little grandbaby, and she was born with a lot of issues. I mean, she was born, and within five minutes, they had taken her and rushed her to the children's hospital. By the time she was three years old, she had four major surgeries. We were constantly chasing doctor's visits, but specialists in other states, and it was just overwhelming. But one of the many issues that she had was she had severe scoliosis. And her little back, if you look at her from the back, it was just an S, twisted. But it was also twisted a little bit forward, so she kind of humped just a little bit. <laughs> we were in the middle of a service. We had an evangelist with us. He called people down that needed a miracle. Man, they came lined up, and we began to walk down, laying hands on, on people, speaking a word of faith. And my son-in-law brought Olivia, my little grandbaby. She was about 18 months old at the time. Brought her up front. We walked by, laid hands on her, you know, walked on down, praying for other people. I, I don't know, maybe eight or ten people down the road, and I hear a scream. I'm talking about a bona fide man scream. You hear me? And I turn around and look, and I see my son-in-law handing the baby off. And he's just standing there, his feet spread, his arms out, his fist bowed up. And I'm like, my Lord. Man, he's feeling it, ain't he? And as I'm watching, he just falls. Doesn't even check himself. Just, ah, he's screaming the whole time. Boom, bounces off the ground. Now he's laying on the ground. I'm like, praise God, we're having a breakthrough today. Then he runs out of air. Now he's just laying on the ground. 
my, I'm going to tell you something. You know what, every now and then crazy things happen. But in Luke chapter 5, the Bible said when they left the presence of Jesus, they said, we've seen some strange and incredible things today. You know what it ought to be? Every time somebody comes into CLC, they see something that's not normal. Listen, they've been to every other dead church in town, and they're looking for something crazy. They're looking for something live. They want to see somebody run the aisles. They want to see somebody dance a little bit. They ought to walk out and say, man, there's something going on. I don't know about you. I'm tired of regular church. I'm tired of boring church. I want to get involved in something powerful. Come on, clap your hands if that's what you want. You want a church where something crazy happens every now and then. You want a church where we walk out with some stories every now and then. So I'm like, praise God, we're having a move of God. A few minutes later, he gets up. He runs over to my daughter. And they, they grab Olivia and they start taking her little dress off. And I'm like, what? are they doing? Then I see Rob and my daughter start to weep and they're all hugged up holding the baby and finally they come up to me and he said, I need to tell you what happened. I said, well, I'm glad, man. I've been watching all this craziness. He said, I was sitting there holding Olivia. He said, I had my hand on her little back where it was twisted. She was resting on his shoulder. He said, I was sitting there. Y'all came through and prayed. And He said, but I, was, I just began to tell God, God, I have heard all about this miracle thing. Hear the stories and read the testimonies. He said, but God, I've never seen a miracle, not with my own eyes. And he said, God, I'm so tired of chasing hospitals with my child. He said, would you please heal my baby's back? He said, I had my eyes closed. And he said, no sooner than that words came out of my mouth, he said, I felt a hand come underneath mine. He said, I just assumed it was you. And uh, he said the hand started moving a little bit. And he said, I just kept praying. And he said, then it started getting kind of violent. And I thought, what's going on? He said, and when I went to open my eyes to see who was there, he said, nobody was there. But Olivia's back was starting to twist and turn and straighten underneath his hand. They pulled her little dress off, brought her to the front. And he's like, look, she doesn't have that curve anymore. In the middle of a service. Come on. In the middle of a Holy Ghost filled service. Just like we're having right now. God came down and straightened out that. Oh, I'm telling somebody, it's your day for a miracle. You ought to stand to your feet and shout, it's mine. God, it's mine. I believe you're able. Come on, clap your hands if you believe God's able. Clap your hands if you believe he can do it for you. Clap your hands if you believe he can do it today. He's a miracle worker. Somebody shout, it's mine. It's mine. But let's be honest. God wants to blow our minds with some stuff around here. God wants to take the roof off of our faith and cause us to begin to walk in an arena that we've not stepped in in a long time. I'm telling you, God wants to take us up. Come on, somebody that knows how to pray, I need you to help me pray right now. Come on, we're not going to push through this, right? We're going to wait just a minute. Come on, help me pray. He can do it right here. He can do it right here. He can take care of that anxiety right now. He can take care of that fear right now. 
Come on, he can take care of that diabetes right now. He can move. Come on, he can put that marriage back together right now. But come on, let's be honest. It's easy to preach about miracles and the rejoicing after. Easy to preach about blinded eyes being opened and deaf ears being unstopped and dead being raised and little babies' backs being straightened out. But who talks about the moments before the miracle, the struggle, the panic, the worry, the confusion, the questions and concerns, the what-ifs? And the maybes, we, we need to look at that, that time before the miracle. See, we love to preach about the leper being cleansed, but who discusses the fact that they were outcasts before? We love the story of the man at the gate called beautiful leaping and dancing and praising God. But who talks about the lifetime of suffering that he went through before? Oh, we would tear the carpet up in this place if somebody blind got their eyes open. But I doubt we would talk about the darkness that they've had to endure. We talk about, we get fired up about the dead being raised. But we don't talk about the lack of life. You see, it's uncomfortable <clears throat> to discuss the prerequisite for a miracle. You know what that is? Problems. There can't be a miracle without a need. Everybody wants a miracle, but nobody wants to need a miracle. Because if there's no mess, there's no miracle. If there's no problem, there's, there's no power. There's no turmoil, there's no triumph. If there's no addiction, there's no deliverance. So if all is well with you this morning, then forgive me, I'm not trying to be rude, but rest assured you're just simply not positioned for a miracle. However, if you're in the middle of a mess, if your back is against the wall, if your heart is overwhelmed, if you can't find a way out of your dilemma, if there's no light at the end of your tunnel, if you're drowning in a sea of trouble, if the doctor's given you some bad news, listen, I've come to give you some good news. You're simply in the moments before your miracle. God sent me to this pulpit today to tell you, he has not forgotten you. He has not bypassed you. He has not overlooked you. Your, vo your voice is in his ears. He knows what you're praying for. He just wants you to understand you're in the moments before your miracle. Somebody say it ain't over. But let's be honest when you're struggling. It's hard to relate to Bible. Come on, I, 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 I read it. Sometimes Bible miracles seem like fairy tales with happy endings. Come on, when you're in a financial struggle, it's hard to relate to Peter going fishing and catching money for his taxes. It's in the book. Pastor, I got a car note, dude. Anybody got a fish? I got a boat around here? I need to go catch me a car note. Hallelujah. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Or 
You've got some kind of terrible disease. It's hard to relate to a lame man jumping off a porch where he lay for 38 years. Instantly healed. If you've faced rejection, it's hard to relate to 10 outcast lepers being cleansed and restored back to a society that had rejected them. Or if you have no direction, it's hard to relate to a blind man with mud smeared in his eyes. And after he washes miraculously, he can see again. But these stories are in God's word to build our faith. These were real people with real hurts, real pain, real problems, and real trouble. Just like we, you and I, have real hurts. Come on. Real pain, real problems, and real trouble. Amen. Like that man in John chapter 5 who sat through 38 years of church services waiting for an angel to trouble the waters. Never got a miracle. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Faithful to church for 38 years. Needing a miracle every time you came. And not getting it. But you keep coming back. Because I'm going to be faithful. I'm still in pain, but I'm still going to be faithful. I'm hurting, but I'm still going to be faithful. I'm having a hard time finding my way, but I I know how to get to church, and and I know how to get to the altar still. But not only did he come for 38 years needing a miracle and didn't get it, but he came and saw somebody else get a miracle every single time. Now let's talk about that uncomfortable situation. Walking into church And watching somebody else get the miracle that you need. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're struggling financially. Let's just just break it down. You're struggling financially. Man, you've been faithful. You've paid your tithe. You give. You everything. But somehow it's just you're in a season. You're going through. You're struggling with your finances. Man, you've you've counseled. You've been in the prayer room praying, seeking God. God, I need your help. You walk into the sanctuary, and sure enough, service is going, and somebody's like, Pastor, I need to testify. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, brothers, testify. Oh, Jesus just gave me a gajillion dollars. And here you are desperately in need, and somebody else across there is being blessed with exactly what you need. If you're not careful, you'll listen to the voice of the enemy that will tell you, you know what, you're not important enough. God doesn't care about you. Your prayers aren't reaching him. That person is doing everything right, and and God loves him way more. No, 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 that's not it at all. You know what, if you get what I'm preaching today and you understand that sometimes you're just in the moments before the miracle, when somebody else gets the miracle you need, you're going to be the first one to jump up and say, oh, yeah, if he can do it for them, he can do it for me. Come on, if he can bless you, then he can bless me. If he can heal you, then he can heal me. If he can deliver you, then he can deliver me. Come on, I'm just trying to help somebody understand. God has not forgotten you. You're in the moments before your miracle. Come on, if you believe that, clap your hands and lift your voice and just love the Lord for a moment. You're in the moments before your miracle. Hallelujah. Lady in our text spent 12 years being faithful and never got a miracle. The, guy, the other guy was 38 years faithful, never got his miracle. What does that tell us? Mm, tells us you better not miss the next service. What if that's the day that God said, you know what, you've prayed enough, you've fasted enough, you've fought enough, you've pressed through enough, you've given enough. 
You've been faithful enough. I'm about to turn your life around. I'm about to do this thing you've been praying for free. Listen, don't, don't let the enemy convince you that God's overlooked you or forgotten you. You come on and be faithful to God, and the day's going to come where he'll come through for you because my God is able. Disaster. Fear. Infirmities. Panic. Anxiety. Terror, tribulation. To the world, these are fearful terms. But to a Holy Ghost-filled child of God, these are just indicators that we're in the moments before the miracle. Stop allowing your emotions to drive you away from God. Listen, you can't believe your feelings. I'm going to say that again. You can't believe your feelings. Your feelings are based on your history, not on your destiny. Come on, if you're going to live over your, looking over your shoulder, honey, you're never going to move forward. But if you'll uh, say, okay, I'm going to ignore how I feel, and I'm going to raise my voice, and I'm going to lift my hands to a God that's able, you're going to look at my destiny. I'm going to tell somebody, it is the will of God for you to be healed. It is the will of God for you to be delivered. It is the will of God for you to overcome. But you've got to recognize right now, you're just in the moments before your miracle. Somebody say, it's not over. Imagine what the disciples felt when they saw their king, Jesus, beaten, crucified, and buried. Oh, my goodness. Their hopes are dead. Their dreams are behind a massive stone. How could there be a kingdom without a king? The king is dead. Where would they go now? I want to be a fly on the wall and hear that conversation. Seriously, there there are things that I've asked God, whenever we make it, I want you to take me back in time, and I want to be there for that. I want to be there when when Jesus is crucified, and they take his body off, and they they cart him and put him behind that stone, and the disciples come together. Don't you know they were? What are we going to do now, boys? Where do we go now? Who, who do we follow now? We thought he promised. He said, but now he's dead. And then the one that the devil loves to throw at us. Have we believed in vain? Oh, that's what he's beating some of us up in this house with. You've wasted all those prayers. You've wasted all that faithfulness. You've wasted all that giving. You've wasted every hand clap. You've wasted every time you've run the aisles. It's all been in vain because God doesn't know where you're at. God, no, no, no. Devil, you're a liar. We have been faithful, and we're going to keep being faithful. We're merely in the moments before our miracle. God is still on the throne. I don't know why he hadn't done it yet, but I know this. He's able to turn it around. I'm in the moments before our miracle. She waited 12 years, this lady in our text. Can you imagine the torment, the grief, and the stress, and the fear she dealt with? 12 years. It's a long time to have a problem. And suffered many things. Imagine the dread and the pain and the roadblocks and the trauma. Many things. I, I don't know about anybody else, but my problems never show up by themselves. They always bring the whole family. 
Anybody know? It's like a clown car, you know. It pulls up and jump, just keeps getting out, just keeps getting out. She's suffering many things. It wasn't just one or two things. And then she spent all. Imagine the brokenness and the setbacks and the worry. She's broke now. And the Bible said she never got better. Imagine the frustration and the misery. Never got better. Most I've known a lot of people that have had elongated illnesses, and you always find them on those days where, like, you know, I'm doing pretty good today. Not her. In fact, the Bible said she got worse. So if her pain was a six yesterday, today it's a seven. If her anxiety is an eight yesterday, today it's a nine. Every single day for 12 years, she got worse and worse. But thank God she did not quit even when the odds were absolutely and completely impossible, she pressed on because maybe she understood she was in the moments before the miracle. Listen, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how impossible it seems, you've got to keep living for God. Sometimes you've got to sing in the middle of difficult circumstances. Sometimes you've got to dance in the middle of defeat. Sometimes it's the last thing you want to do is get dressed and come to the house of God. But you know what? I am in the moments before my miracle. And so I'm going to stay faithful in the middle of this awful mess that I'm in. I'm going to keep on clapping my hands when I don't even see on the other side of this mountain. I'm going to keep on loving Jesus. Stand with me if you would. The scripture in Luke chapter 9, verse 42, said there was a boy that was coming to Jesus. As he was yet a coming, the scripture says, the devil threw him down and tear him. What? So he can see Jesus. He's almost to his miracle. And the Bible says, and the devil threw him down and tear him. Now, we don't know how many other times the devil threw him down. We have no idea how many other times the devil tear him. But we know this time it was so nasty and so ugly that it merited being mentioned in the Holy Scriptures. It's not a good situation. And if you look up the word threw him down, that phrase literally means wrecked. Isn't that just like the devil? You're about to step into your miracle. And he comes in and wrecks it. You know what I'm talking about. You, you've been, you got that word from God. You knew God spoke to you, whether it was at a camp meeting or a conference or the prayer room or pastor or, or, or a neighbor or just God Himself. You got that promise. You know what I'm, and you walked out of there with a little swag. You know, you're like, yes, sir, we got this. Me and Jesus, we got this. And you're feeling all full of faith excitement and expectation and the enemy steps in and he wrecks it and now it looks more impossible after the promise than it did before the promise if we're not careful oh no what's happening just like that boy, right when he was about to get to Jesus, on the verge of his miracle, the enemy rushed in and wrecked him and threw him down and tear him up. Has it ever occurred to you that the reason you're fighting so hard 
is that you're closer to your miracle than you have ever been. And hell is trying its dead level best to convince you. No, no, God's forgotten you. God don't know where you are. He don't even know your voice. No, devil, you're a liar. God knows where I'm at. I'm in the moments before my miracle. I've come to tell you, don't you dare give up. Don't you dare throw in the towel. It ain't over. You're in the moments before your miracle. If you've been praying for a specific need, miracle for at least 12 years, I want you to come as quick as you can. Come on, come like the water's troubled. At least 12 years. Come on down here quickly. Beautiful. Thank you for coming. We're about to make the devil mad. Come on up close. Come on up close if you would. Come on, at least 12 years. Thank you for being honest. All right, if you've been praying for something at least five years, come on. Come quickly. At least five. I mean, whether it's a loved one, whether it's a, a financial, whether it's emotional, spiritual, doesn't matter. Come on. You're praying for anything at least five years. Beautiful. Thank you. All right, if you're praying for anything at all for at least 30 seconds, come on down. Come on. You're praying for some kind of miracle. Come on. Beautiful. Look at that. If you'd step up, if you can step up a step or two, come on. We're going to make sure we have room for everybody. Just pack it in. Come on. We got plenty of room off to the side. Or if you don't have room, just step out in the aisle just so that we'll all know you're, you're believing for a miracle this morning. I was raised in church. My mother, I have two older sisters. My one sister, Deanna, backslid, and when she backslid, she backslid. She did everything you could imagine. She told me herself, I've been sitting in a bar with a man that was not my husband, drinking, had drugs in my pocket. And my mom for years would pray and pray and pray. And one day she came to me and she said, Bobby, I think I'm going to stop praying. Because it seems like the more I pray for her, the farther she gets away from God. I said, Mama, don't you dare stop praying for her. That's just what the devil wants. No, 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 Mama, we're, we're in the moments before the miracle right now. It seems like there's no way she would ever come back. I was so disconnected from my sister that I didn't even have her telephone number in my phone anymore. Didn't know where she was at, didn't know where she lived. I was preaching in South Louisiana. It was Saturday night before I was preaching that Sunday morning. My phone rings, a number I don't recognize. I answer the phone. My sister, she hardly ever calls me by my name. She almost always calls me brother. I said, hello, Bobby Lewis. And this is all I heard. Brother, I've got to get back to God. I said, where are you at? She told me what town she was in. I said, I'll call you right back. I called the pastor. said, I'm about to send my backslidden sister to your church. What's your, what's your time? Give me your address. I called her back. We started praying on the phone. God began to move right there on the phone. I heard my sister begin to speak in tongues as God began to restore her. She went to church the next day. She's been living for God ever since. What are you saying? Don't you dare give up. You're not praying in vain. You're just in the moments before your miracle. All right, we're about to have the strangest altar call you've ever had. In a minute, they're going to start, they're going to start a countdown for me. 
Not right yet. I'm going to do a countdown for you guys so you know exactly when to do it. But I, I want you to hold your hands out in front of you like you're holding that problem. Are you, there you go, just like you're holding that problem. Thank you. So we're going to do something in the physical that's going to represent something in the spiritual. If you're not up here, you can join us in this too. You don't just have to be up here. Just hold your hands out like I'm holding something. I, I want you to think about that problem. I want you to close your eyes and think about your problem. What? Seriously? Yeah, yeah, think about your problem. Come on, don't act like you don't think about it all day anyway. This is the safe place to think about it. Come on, think about it. Think about the intensity of that situation. Come on, think about it. Think about the pressure it's causing you. Think about how it affects you mentally. Think about how it affects you spiritually. That's all right. Go ahead and let those tears fall. Come on, I want you thinking about it. Think of the nights it's kept you up. Think of the time you forfeited worrying about it. Think of the fear, the frustration, the anxiety. Come on, think about it. Think of the times you almost gave up. Think of the pity parties you've had because of it. Think of the happiness it's stolen from you. That's it. Think of the energy you've wasted on it. Now I want you to open your eyes. Keep your hands there. Open your eyes. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give us a, a three, two, one countdown. And when I do, they're going to start a five-minute timer. And we, when I get to that counter, we're going to throw this mess down. And I'm just asking you for five minutes. 300 seconds of taking all the energy that you normally put in your problem. And we're going to turn it towards the problem solver. Come on, we, we've worried about this enough. Now we're just going to praise God in the face of it. Come on, listen, worship will work if you'll work worship. Come on, you're waiting on everybody else to bring. No, no, it's going to be up to you. We're going to throw this junk down. And you might want to give your neighbor a little elbow room. Somebody's liable to dance a little bit. Come on, because we're going to understand we are in the moments before the miracle. Are you ready? Come on, three. Come on, get ready, get ready. Come on, get ready to chunk it down. And we're going to start worshiping. And I'm not talking about some little half-hearted man be paying me. I got to do this because the preacher said worship. I'm talking about put some energy into it. The same energy you put in your problem. Two, are you ready? Come on, does anybody believe he's a miracle worker today? Does anybody believe you're in the moments before the miracle right now? Are you ready? And one, come on, throw that jump down and let's begin to praise the Lord.